everybody. It is Monday, May 23rd. Monday, May 23rd, 2022. Time for another episode of Mondays with Mark. I am so glad that you are joining me today. I hope you enjoyed the last two weeks where I had the interview with Nathan Walworth on the challenges of raising a special needs child. If you haven't had a chance to watch those, I encourage you to go back and watch them. They're about 30 minutes each. Nathan's a great guy. Thank you for your feedback. Thank you for your comments. And I shared those with Nathan as well. And if you have watched it and enjoyed it, in, this, in the end of the second episode, at least if you were watching on Facebook or on YouTube, I gave Nathan's uh, information, his email address and how to reach out to him on Facebook. You can certainly do that. I hope you will. That would be an encouragement to Nathan. So thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Uh, we're on Facebook, YouTube, and on your favorite podcast platform. And I'm glad uh, each week uh, we seem to be growing a little bit more each time and reaching more people. Hopefully it's putting a smile on some people's faces and just giving them a, a boost for their Monday. That's that's the goal. That's why I'm doing it. Uh, I've got. A, I just did an interview last week with a good friend of ours who's been involved in foster care for about five years now, a little over five years, and it was a fascinating interview. And it's an audio interview, not video. And I'm going to be releasing that uh, in the days ahead as well. So you, uh, and probably not on Monday, but I'm, I'll probably release it as an entire interview. It was about an hour, and rather than break it up into two, I'm going to release it as an audio interview, both on Facebook and YouTube and on the podcast platform. So be watching for that. I know that's something that would be interesting to you, especially if you're interested in foster care, interested in getting involved in the process, or how you can help people who are involved in the process, you're going to want to listen uh, to this interview. So, But I'm excited to have a chance to just chat with you today, uh, me and the camera, looking into the lens of that camera, imagining that you are watching. Thank you so much for all that you do. I don't even know what you do, but thank you for it. <laughs> we say things sometimes like, thank you for what you do. Like, I don't even know what you do. But if you're doing something, thank you. Assuming that it's a good thing that you're doing, thank you. I don't know. I better move on. I better move on to something else. Hey, I had my birthday last week. Friday was my birthday, 42. How about that, right? I look good for 42 or bad, depending upon how you think about it. But 42 years of age. Wow, where does the time go? I had a great birthday. I started off in the morning going fishing for a couple hours and catching absolutely nothing, but it was great to be out there. Had my fly fishing rod and just putting uh, putting a line in the water is always a relaxing time. And I thank God for my wife who enabled me to be able to do that. She took Friday off, particularly from work, so that I could just um, have the day to do kind of what I wanted to do. And uh, I love her so much for that. And then she and I went to brunch in the middle of the morning. And then I spent the afternoon working on some music. And then in the evening, we went to a Thai restaurant that I really, really love. And I'm not sure necessarily that my family loves Thai. My daughter does, but I'm not sure that the rest of my family loves Thai as much as I do. But they went with me for that birthday and we had a great time. And then we came home and had uh, cake and ice cream and some presents and presents you know, actually are not as exciting when you're 42 as when you were four or two or even even 10, but I always do look forward to that. My kids got me a lot of different snacks, um, whether the different things that I like, Swiss rolls, Nutty Buddies. Uh, they got me some nuts. I love nuts, almonds and pecans especially, and, and also uh, pistachios 
and they got me Pringles because I like Pringles. So they got me these snacks. I really, I just love the fact that they get those things for me on my birthday. I don't need a lot of stuff. I really don't. Most of the stuff that I want, I go out and buy during the year if I want it anyway. But my wife totally surprised me. She, I, she always amazes me with the things that she that she chooses to get for me for my birthday. She puts me to shame. She is so thoughtful. She bought. I got to show it to you. She bought me this smart mug. This is a coffee mug by Ember. Um, it's a relatively new uh, thing that's out. It's been out uh, not quite a year, I don't think. I first started seeing it at Best Buy. I told her about it. I didn't know she was going to get me one, but I said, these things are awesome. And this is their, um, you know, this is their regular coffee uh, tumbler mug. They have a travel mug also, but I haven't, you know, haven't tried that. And these are not cheap for one mug. But what's unique about them is you remember, I'll show you again in just a minute, but do you remember some of you have those coffee warmers, the, the plug-in warming pads that you can set a co- cup of coffee on so your coffee stays warm and hot? Because if you're like me, a cup of coffee, I might, I might sip a cup of coffee for an hour before it's done, and by the time I'm done, it's, it's cold. Well, if you have one of those warming mug, uh, trays, that works well if you're sitting at your desk or if you're going to sit in one spot and drink your coffee, but what if you're going to get up and wander around the house like I do or around the office? That's where this is so cool because the warming function is built into the bottom of the mug. It's built into the bottom of it, and you can set the temperature. So I have right here, uh, in fact, I just made this cup of coffee. I just made this cup of coffee. I forgot I moved away from the microphone. I just made this cup of coffee before I started this episode, and so it has an app that comes with it, and you can see right now the coffee is, well, just changed to 159, and I have it set to... Keep the coffee at 138 degrees. That's the that's the temperature that I like for uh, for the drinking temperature of my coffee. So this is monitoring the level, the temperature of my coffee. And once it gets down to 138, the heating element in the cup kicks in and it keeps the coffee at 138 degrees. And it also recognizes when I've finished drinking the coffee and shuts off. It knows when there's no more liquid in the bottom of the cup. So super cool. I love those kinds of gadgets. Uh, Somebody asked me uh, to let them know how it worked. Now, so what I have found so far is that the battery life, so it has a little, it has a little coaster right here, in fact, and that's what charges the mug, and I found that it takes about two to three hours to give a full charge to the mug, and then depending, probably depending upon the temperature that you choose to keep your coffee warm at, uh, the battery only lasts for about two hours. So it's not a, not a super impressive battery life, but considering the fact that it's uh, adding heat and keeping it warm, um, I'm guessing that, that that's part of the reason, and maybe they'll increase that uh, later on. But two hours is, is sufficient. Plus, you, if you are sitting down, you can always just leave it on the coaster, and then it doesn't use the battery life and keeps it warm. Anyway, this is not an advertisement for Ember. I was just so super excited about this mug. Ooh, that's still hot. 156 degrees. Anyway, so that was my birthday. It was super, it was super fun. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Then Saturday, I had, I told you I was going to have a violin recital, and I did. I went to my violin recital, and I was nervous. I got up early, like 6 o'clock on Saturday morning, I was awake, and I got out of bed because I was so nervous about this recital. I thought, oh, it's going to be horrible. I must have practiced this song over, and I probably practiced it hundreds and hundreds of times with my teacher and throughout the week, and he chose the hardest song in the book that I'm working through, in order for me to play it, and uh, oh, it was it was so so stressful. 
my wife and my two daughters went with me to support me uh, on 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 this journey. And they've been my wife's been so supportive. Anyway, it was her who told me, you know, why don't you start taking violin lessons, even though you're only you know forty or forty one, uh, you're not dead yet. So a year ago May, I started taking violin lessons, and I'm so glad that I did. But I was one of three adults that were in the recital. Most of them were children, not the adult, but most of the people in the recital were children. There was about, uh, I think, 20 or 24 uh, people that were playing instruments. I have the, I have the little the sheet that told whatever, who everybody's name was and what they played. It was a mixture of piano and violin. My teacher teaches both of those things. And so there was a mixture of piano and violin, and we were all playing music pretty much out of the same book, uh, various levels, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I loved listening to the children play on the violin. Now, as you might expect, it wasn't all beautiful music. What I did wasn't beautiful, but somebody did, somebody that was there did take a little video of me playing the violin, and so I'll go ahead and show you that now. This is, this is pretty much what it, what it sounded like. <laughs> okay, so that wasn't that wasn't me. But one of our church members who turned 70 today and I won't tell you her name, but one of our church members sent me a link to that video and uh, and she just thought that was funny. And it is. It's hilarious. And honestly, it's not too far off. Uh, you, the violin has got to be one of the hardest instruments I have ever learned how to play in my life. I play a lot of instruments. Sitting here in my office right now, you can't necessarily see it, but I have a hammered dulcimer over here to my right. Uh, I'm looking at a harp uh, that's right in front of me. I have a set of pan uh, pan flute up there. Uh, I've got various instruments over on my over on my um, bookshelf. I've got some behind me here. I've got flutes, uh, the, the the bamboo flute up there. Uh, so I, I I pick up and play a lot of instruments, and I'm pretty good at a lot of the not not professional level, but pretty good at a lot of the different instruments that I play. The violin is the one that has stretched me the most, and I'm really really thankful for um, for that challenge because it has been good to be stretched in that way. And I, I loved after the recital was over with, we had a little reception downstairs at the church where we were doing the recital. And I, and I went to speak with the teacher. And of course, he was very complimentary. He said, well done, good job. I, I can't believe that you've only been playing a year. And I said, well, I'm so excited. This has been so much fun for me. And I can't wait to see what comes next in the next year. And, you know, he looked at me and smiled and said, a lot more hard work. That's why I like this guy. I like this guy. He is a good mixture of positive and reality, right? I went to a lesson with him the other day, and I arrived a little early for my lesson. And so I was sitting out in the foyer area waiting, and uh, and I was just chatting with the mom of, of the young boy who was uh, taking lessons also on the violin, when the lesson was concluding and they had opened the door, the teacher was being you know, complimentary of the student, telling him, well done, you did so good today. I'm so proud of the hard work that you're putting in. I can see it. I recognize it and keep it up. And the boy was just full of, full of excitement like most children are. And he said, yeah, I'm doing great. I'm going to be better than you someday. Now I love that. I love that, uh, that, you know, that positive outlook and that confidence. And I wanted to know what the teacher was going to say, so I just stopped and listened. And the teacher said, well, maybe. I worked very hard to play at the level I play. If you also work very hard and don't give up, 
You might be as good as I am someday, and maybe better, but you'll have to work very hard. Now, some people might look at that and say, why would he discourage that young man? I didn't view it as discouragement. I actually like that philosophy. It's one of the reasons that I've stuck with this teacher for a year now, is because he doesn't uh, puff you up beyond what is reasonable. He tells you when you could work in this area, here's something that you need to work on. He's not afraid to compliment you on areas that you do well, but he's not overly complimentary. I don't know that it's necessarily beneficial to us in our society, in our, in our homes, and in our families, in our churches, in our organizations. As much as it feels good for, for someone to tell us that we're the best people ever, it's not enough just to do something and then have people clap for us. This is one of the problems with, for example, like the American Idol uh, way of doing things or America's Got Talent or something like that, is sometimes people get up and I, I appreciate their confidence. I appreciate them putting themselves out there. But sometimes people get up and they perform and you have to sit back and ask yourself, I wonder who told them that they were good enough to go on national television to present this skill. Now, maybe nobody did. Maybe they just were full of self-confidence. Awesome for them. Keep it up. But the truth is that a lot of times, especially in modern, in our modern uh, way of doing things, we tend to overstate someone's skill at a, at a given at a given thing. Now, I play a lot of instruments, so it's always a lot of fun. Uh, you know, people all the time are like, "Wow, how can you play so many instruments?" Or they'll say, "Well, Mark, you know, he he can play everything." And the truth is that I'm not super great at any of the instruments that I play, but I do okay, and I have a lot of fun with it, and I've been able to be a blessing to a lot of people with the music that I play. But I remember when we had some friends of ours over, um, the Brit family. We had them over last year. Has it been a year now? Maybe. We had them over for dinner, and um, we were sitting, and Michael is what is a dear friend of mine, and he's always so complimentary, and he's always like, Mark, this is amazing. Your talent is amazing. I love this about you. And um, in the pro- after dinner, we were sitting around inside, and his his wife, bless her heart, his wife, uh, she was sitting on the couch, and she happened to look up on the wall and saw some um, art that I had done, some portraits in, in graphite uh, that I do. I don't do it as much anymore, but I used to do a lot of it. And, you know, realistic graphite, black and white drawings. And I had some pictures of some of my wife and I's grandparents. Not that my wife and I shared the same grandparents because this ain't Arkansas, but uh, some of her grandparents and some of my grandparents. They're up on the wall. I was drawing some family portraits. And (laughs) Michael's wife said, I won't say her name, just just because I don't want to embarrass her. Anyway, she said, she said, wow, she said, now that's impressive. She said, honestly, Michael's always talking about the instruments. That's never impressed me, she said. That's never impressed me. <laughs> it seemed like such a harsh thing to, sh- to say, but you know what? I, I appreciated it. I love that honesty because you know what? Not everything we do is the best ever, is it? We should strive to do our best at everything we do. But when everybody in your life is telling you that you're awesome, I think there's an, a tendency for us to stop trying as hard. You know, as a parent, when a child, when one of my children would draw a picture, part of me would want to say, this is amazing. Well done. I love the effort. But you know what happened with one of our kids once is they started just putting any old junk on a piece of paper, like scribble-scrabble on a piece of paper with crayons, and they wanted me to hang all of them in my office. And I finally said, 
you know what? If you work hard and you do your best on a drawing or on, on a color, coloring page, I'm happy to hang one or two pictures in my office. But what you're giving me right now, these are not your best. This isn't good work. And if you're going to give someone a gift, if you're going to do something and expect people to appreciate it, it needs to be your best. It doesn't need to be the best, but it needs to be your best. And, you know, I think we've lost some of that in our society, and I think it'd be great to get it back. I think it'd be great to get back the that sense of honesty. It's not being critical to point out, especially if it's your area of authority, it's not being critical to point out, hey, here's something you could do a little bit better. That's, again, to to bring it full circle back to my violin teacher and what he said to that young boy uh, in the studio that day, I think was probably one of the most helpful things he could say to that young man. Because you know what? The young man is only like 10 years old. My teacher is in his 50s. He's a professional violinist. He's played in symphony orchestras uh, in Boston and in Portland and in other areas. He's, he's an amazing violinist, and we're privileged to have him as a teacher. He's a very humble man, and he's a very encouraging man. He sits and listens to us squawk on our violins for a living. God bless him. But he's not afraid to say, you're doing well, but don't overestimate how well you're doing. There's a lot of hard work ahead. To do something well, and to become proficient at something takes a lot of hard work. I don't remember who it was that said it, but someone said most overnight success is a result of years and years of hard work. Maybe there's something that you do that you feel like you have a natural aptitude or gifting for. When you have a natural aptitude or gift for something and people are quick to encourage you and compliment you, Enjoy those compliments, but recognize the inherent danger in having an aptitude for something that oftentimes it can make you relax and settle back on your talent rather than expanding and doing hard work to increase your natural talent to the level that you could be at, whether it's baking or drawing or public speaking or whatever you do for work, something that you're good at. Strive to be the best that you can be at any given thing. You know, the Bible talks about whether you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. If we're trying to do what we do to glorify God, that means we want to give him our absolute best. Again, there is a distinctive difference between what is our best and what is the best. Not every child is an A student. But that doesn't mean every parent should settle for D's. What, I've, what my wife and I have always tried to tell our children is we're not asking you to be the smartest child in the class. There can only be one of those. If you can be the smartest child in the class, then we expect you to do your best to do that. But what we're looking for is for you to do the best that you can do. And when we think you're not giving it your best, you can expect us to say so. Because we think it would be a shame if you didn't give it your best and give it your all in whatever is in front of you to do. So whether it's learning to play the violin in your 40s or learning a new skill like baking or woodworking or some kind of art or gardening or whatever it is that you're, that you're working as a skill. Going back to school as a, as a mid to late adult and you're thinking, is it too late for this? I'll never be able to be as good as someone else. 
Maybe not, but you can be the best that you can be. Starting to learn the violin in my 40s means that I'm never going to go on a world tour as a violinist. I will never be what is considered a world-class violinist. But that doesn't mean that I can't learn to play well enough where I could actually play for people and they might enjoy it. That is possible. In fact, that's what I asked my teacher when I first started. If I work hard, can I get to the place where I can play a violin for people and they will actually enjoy it? I might even bring a tear to their eye, not because it hurts so bad to listen. He said, absolutely. If you work hard, there's no reason that you can't become a wonderful violinist, even if you'll never be a world-class one. I like that. I like that. He was not giving me false assurances and false hope. He was being realistic and gave me something to shoot for. So don't get upset if you have someone in your life who is less than positive about everything that you do. I'm not saying they should be critical, but thank God for people who will tell us, I think you could improve on this. I think you could improve on this. I'm always working to improve Mondays with Mark. I want it to be something you look forward to. Maybe you have a suggestion for something that I could do that could make these episodes even better. If you do, I'd love to hear about it. I'm working so hard, and I want it to be a blessing and an encouragement and a challenge to you, and it takes a lot of time, energy, and resources to put together these episodes, and I don't know whether or not you've ever tried to do that or or not, but it does take an awful lot of work, but that doesn't mean that there's not improvements that can be made. Thank you for watching, and I hope that this week you are going to take what comes in into your hands to do and do it to your absolute best ability, recognizing that you don't have to be the best at everything you do, but you can try to have it be your best, the best that you can do, all right? And don't settle for second. Don't settle for just good enough. Strive and find people in your life who will speak encouragement and be, be complimentary when it's needed and also let you know where you can work and where you can improve. Iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the, count, the countenance of his friend. There's something about that friction to make us better, and we could all use a little bit more of that. All right, everybody, thank you so much for spending some time with me today. I hope that you've enjoyed this, and maybe it's made you smile, maybe it's made you think, and that you're ready to go about your week. Uh, I hope that you do have a great week, and I'll be back next week, next Monday, for another chat, another conversation on Mondays with Mark. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you.